Hey, what's going on, Protein Shake? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, and I'm here at Gentle Fitness Company Studio recording episode number 138 of the TR Expert Talks. Now, if you're wondering what happened to uh, episode number 138 from Friday, I actually do have an episode 138 uh, from Friday. It was a Fulfillment Friday episode. I was talking uh, about, you know, fulfillment, of course, and talking a little bit about how you can find that fulfillment. Uh, through making better decisions, but unfortunately, I don't know what happened to it. It's lost somewhere in the ether, so we're just going to call this episode 138 so we can keep the continuity. Uh, I don't know if when I post this up, and hopefully it gets distributed, uh, if it, if this posts up and somehow the other one maybe was stuck in the ether, and that'll help uh, propagate it to the to the distribution list or whatnot, but I don't know what's going on. I'm not the, the best with uh, technology. I just do what I can to um, get the information out to you. And <laughs> if it doesn't get out to you, well, you know, so be it. Yeah, the, uh, the fortunate thing is though, I wasn't particularly proud of that episode. It wasn't my best work. So, um, you know, there's really no skin off of my back that it didn't come out. So anyways, today we're going to be talking a little bit about listening to your body. You know, a couple of my clients were telling me about how they knew people that have injured themselves uh, that they know could, should have probably uh, done some things that could help prevent their injuries. But the unfortunate thing is that um, these people just don't know their body or they don't know how to listen to their body. So today we're going to talk about a couple signs and a couple things that you could do to help you listen to your body a little bit better. A couple signs that'll tell you that maybe you're doing something wrong. And hopefully these things will help you um, develop your workout routine in a more... I want to say civilized manner, but not a civilized manner, but help you uh, develop a workout routine that uh, basically won't get you injured and help you uh, be more efficient and effective in the movements that you do. So anyways, before we get into this episode, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you would share this podcast. You can do it really easily. It's 2018. You can take a screenshot, post it up on your social media account, or you can copy the link and send it over to a friend. You can also leave a rating or review. If you're listening on iTunes right now, you scroll down to the very bottom. There's five stars. You can click on one star. You can click on five stars anywhere in between, you know, it's all good for me because input and input helps us get found. I don't know how you get found on iTunes, but I'm assuming that the more people that listen to it, the more people uh, will be able to listen to it. So yeah, put your uh, reviews out there, share it with more people uh, so we can get this uh, knowledge (laughs) out to uh, the world. So anyways, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Episode number 138, technically. (laughs) Are you listening to your body? Lego! Okay, so today we're going to be talking about knowing your body. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's, there's two camps to this. When, you know, there's one camp where you have the workout warriors that uh, work out a lot and they just don't listen to their body. And there's another camp, camp of people that um, just don't know what their body is saying. They're newbies to working out and, and it's like they speak English and their body is speaking Russian and they have no idea what their body is saying. So we're going to talk about these two camps today and talk about how we can help them both out. Now, first of all, I want to talk to the workout warriors. I have an example of, of uh, a workout warrior. I actually have a gentleman that just started with me, and uh, we were talking about how we can get him stronger. He's a tennis player. He's very strong, very, very strong, and um, he's a very good tennis player. In fact, he's uh, ranked, and he's like uh, one of the top uh, tennis players in the, in the nation, at least for the for club, because, you know, he's a he's over 40, so... Uh, he's playing in like the club leagues or whatnot, but he's still pretty good. 
So um, we're talking about, you know, how we can get him stronger, and we're talking about some limitations that he, he's, he feels like he has. And uh, we put him, I put him through the protocol. You know, I normally have a workout routine that I go do with everybody. It has slight variations, but I have a, a workout routine that I do with everybody, at least uh, when they first start. It gives me an idea of where their weaknesses are or, and uh, where their strengths are, where they might be deficient, and how I can help them. So uh, this gentleman, as I said, he was pretty strong. His cardiovascular was great. He could lift a lot of weight. But when we started working on his hips, oh boy, we realized that his hips were definitely the underlying issue for a lot of his injuries. He was telling me that he ices his hips a lot, and I thought it was just because he played a lot of tennis, but he also told me he ices his shoulder, and that actually kind of uh, set off some alarms. So when I did some hip mobility, I, real, uh, w- I realized that with his hips, he has really strong hips, but they're only strong in a very minute range of motion. So what happens is that uh, because, at least because he's a tennis player, he has a lot of uh, pressure on his shoulder when he's hitting the ball because of the fact that he doesn't have any range of motion in his hips. So when he does, so when he's actually trying to hit a ball, he doesn't turn his hips like you would normally uh, like as a tennis player. Instead, he uses more of his torso and his shoulder. Now I haven't seen him play, but I'm just like I said, I'm assuming by the way he moves. Uh, he's probably using more of his torso and his shoulder than he should. So uh, that's going to definitely limit his game because he's not going to, A, because he doesn't have uh, the greatest hip mobility and because he's um, not able to get to the ball because he doesn't have range of motion, he's using his shoulders as well as his knees a lot more than he should because if you don't have good hip mobility and you can't move your hips as much as you'd like, uh, even stopping becomes a problem because you can't, uh, you can't drop your hips down and actually get yourself to a stop like you should. Uh, rather, you would actually be standing upright and stomping into the ground. And that's the only way you can really get yourself to a stop. And that's going to definitely put a, a, a huge strain on your knees and, of, of course, your hips. So uh, what I would do with this gentleman, you know, obviously we can lift weights. But what we do is called cars. Now, uh, we talked about this before. This is probably episode number 115 or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, we talked about this recently. And uh, cars, just as a reminder, that's a controlled, articulated rotation. And that's essentially you working through your mobility, your range of motion, and uh, just pretty much trying to get through it without any weight. So one exercise we do is just sitting on the floor and just lifting one leg up as high as you can while sitting as tall as you can. And that really helps you work on the range of motion in the hips and the top of the hip flexor, your labrum, and uh, your gracilis. And, uh, it also helps you with your, uh, your core strength because uh, a lot of people can't lift their leg without leaning back. So if you can uh, engage your core, pull your belly button in, and use your abs as well as your hip to lift your leg, then you'll see a huge difference in the way you actually move throughout the world. So this gentleman, we're, we're uh, working on obviously his cardio, we're working on his strength, but the majority of our exercises are, are more along the lines of working on his range of motion and his mobility in his hips and a little bit in his shoulders, but we, I don't want to work his shoulder mobility too much because of the fact that he's already overusing his shoulder and working on his shoulder mobility might accidentally tempt, tempt him to use his shoulder more because he has more flexibility in it. So I want to kind of te- keep a little bit of tension in the shoulder for him and have him kind of give, get a more awareness of what his hips are doing uh, when he's on the court as well as off the court. So 
I guess, in summary, for somebody that's like a workout warrior, someone that you know works out really hard but is constantly injured or is always feeling achy and pain in, in certain areas, then I would say that uh, the best thing is probably not for them to <laughs> pummel themselves into oblivion. Now, the best thing is actually to kind of start small. Sometimes it's good to go back to the basics and go back to the drawing board and see exactly where you're deficient and work on those deficiencies. As I said before, in real life, it's not so great to work on your weaknesses, but when you're in the gym and you're working out, that's probably the best thing you can do for yourself is to work on your weaknesses so they can help your strengths and so that you can have some stability in your movement. So uh, that's pretty much what you would do with a workout warrior. Just make sure you're kind of starting small. Maybe go back to some modifications for certain exercises and just work on your range of motion and mobility in areas that you find uh, that don't quite have it. Now, for someone that is a newbie, we've got a little bit different protocol. It's a little bit different, but it's almost exactly the same. So for someone that's a newbie, I would spend a lot more time on uh, cars and range of motion and mobility exercises because of the fact that they have, I shouldn't say, almost said they have no idea. Everybody has an idea of what their body's doing, but they have maybe a less of an idea of what their body's doing when you have maybe weights in your hand. So what I have to do with those people is like you have to do something that's, more of an awareness type, uh, more awareness type exercises. Uh, for people that are just starting to work out, I don't give them anything that, uh, that even looks like a weight for the first six weeks. And if I were going to do any kind of resistance kind of training or any kind of apparatus, I use the TRX because, you know, I am the TR expert after all. And the TRX actually helps a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> because of the fact that it unloads your body weight, 25% of your body weight goes into the anchor point. So a lot of these movements that these people can't execute or have no awareness of ex- uh, on how to execute, they can do on the TRX because it unloads their body weight and they can kind of feel how their body's moving. Now, obviously, it's not a perfect... Uh, not a perfect apparatus because it's unstable. So <laughs> if you have a problem with a push-up, you have to kind of go uh, very basic with a push-up action on a TRX. Uh, the lucky thing is about a TRX is that there's so many modifications that you can do for every movement that there's pretty much uh, no way that you could do something that someone can't do. You know, Or at least you, there's no way you can work a muscle group uh, that someone uh, with a... Well, there's no... Let me see if I can put this right. There's no way that you can work out and do something that someone can't do because you can always find a modification. So if you're trying to work a tricep and you try to go, uh, you know, try to do a skull crusher and they can't do it, you can always just uh, decrease the resistance and you can easily execute that skull crusher. Or if you're trying to do, like I said, a push-up, you can easily change the resistance by changing your position in relation to the anchor point. But yeah, that's what I do for the newbies. It's essentially like I go through all range of motion exercises. We do not pick up weights because it is very dangerous to pick up a weight if you don't even know how to move your body. So, you know, again, I said that. I don't mean to say you don't know how to move your body, but if you don't have the awareness to move your body uh, without injury or without, if you don't have the confidence, I should say, not even awareness, but if you don't have the confidence to move your body without feeling like you're going to get injured, then I would say you should definitely think twice about executing that movement by yourself. Now, I have some clients that do sometimes feel like they're a little nervous about executing movements, and that's why I'm there for them. I'm there to encourage them. I always make sure that they're doing something that won't put them at a disadvantage or won't make them feel uncomfortable uh, 
well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I definitely do some exercises that make people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that's who, that's why I'm good at what I do. But uh, I don't uh, put anybody in a position that'll make them feel like they're going to get injured. So, you know, you might feel uncomfortable. You might be a little bit, uh, maybe a little worried about you might get injured. But uh, for the most part, I make breakdown exercises to the point where people don't have, the, don't really run the risk of getting, getting injured unless they absolutely just well, <laughs> I haven't had anybody do that yet, get injured doing any exercises under my, under my watch at least. Uh, so I can't say that uh, I haven't even any examples of how somebody would uh, <laughs> get injured with me. I would say that I guess the, most way, the way that most people would get injured would be uh, if they're just not paying attention to what they're doing. And that's just kind of an everyday life. So um, in summary, uh, for both camps, the, the key is not to try to jump over 10 hurdles at once. The key is to start slow. And um, that works with everyday life, you know, like I remember listening to Warren Buffett talk about how to become a millionaire. And I thought of I thought about it. And it's essentially the same exact way as how you get in shape. Now, Warren Buffett said the best way to become a millionaire is to save your money. Now, that might sound pretty stupid, because a lot of people say you can't, you know, you can't become a millionaire by saving money. But it's actually true because of because of the fact that there's this thing called interest. Interest also actually uh, it applies to your your body. Uh, you don't really gain money by getting in shape. But what happens is that once you work out and you consistently work out, you'll start seeing exponential gains in your results. So, for instance, like when you first start working out, you might see just a little bit of a little bit of something. You might start sweating a little bit. You might see that you might be able to lift slightly heavier weights. But as you go along. Your weights, your, your weights are going to go up, your body is going to feel better, you're going to feel more confident, and you're going to be able to do more. And because you can do more, you're going to feel even better, and you're gonna be, your body is going to re, uh, respond even more, and you're going to see those results start increasing exponentially until you get to like a certain point. And then that's where it kind of like deviates from you know, how you make millions of dollars because you know, your money continues to go up. Whereas you know, everybody has a, uh, a limitation to what their body can do. So uh, what I really want to say here is that if you're really looking for results, if you're trying to get to the next level, whether it be not being injured or just gaining uh, overall strength in your body, the key is not to push your body further than, it sh- that further than you're supposed to. Essentially meaning that you shouldn't push your body to a place where it feels uncomfortable in a way. Uh, I shouldn't say uncomfortable, like just uncomfortable, because that's what a workout is, but... You shouldn't push your body to where to pain, and you definitely shouldn't push your body to uh, complete exhaustion. Now, you know, if you're in a competition, that's a different story. But if you're going into a workout and you push yourself to exhaustion every time, then you're going to be running into serious issues because your body has to recover. So uh, just listen to your body. That's the most important thing. Uh, if you don't want to know what your body is saying, scale it back a little bit. Figure out what is going on where you're having uh, some deficiencies and work on them. Because uh, as I said before, you know, in the, in the real world, you shouldn't work on your weaknesses. You just work on your strengths. But in the gym, the best way to work on your strengths is actually to work on your weaknesses. Because a lot of times those weaknesses help support your strengths and they help them become even stronger. So uh, that's what I got for you today. I don't really have a conclusion for you because I feel like I pretty much covered the whole gambit today <laughs> in, the, in this talk. So um, it's Monday. Uh, 
uh, I, I apologize for episode 138 from Friday not coming through. I don't know what happened. Hopefully this episode comes out, fingers crossed. Uh, you don't have to cross your fingers because if you're listening to this right now, that means it came out. So <laughs> that does it for my Monday. We're almost into the holidays. I hope you're uh, ready for it. I know I'm ready for it. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to get out here and um, get, continue getting ready for the holidays and uh, prepare for tomorrow. But whenever you listen to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I hope you're having a good one. And as always, keep good company.